Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So hope everybody's uh, doing well and getting accustomed to being here. I don't know about you, but it's you know still it's taking some time. Okay, so hopefully you guys are uh, um, getting accustomed to it as as much as I am, I guess. Um, so today's gospel is the story of Zacchaeus from uh, the Gospel of Saint Luke, and it's a story that we love so much. Okay, and if you you know grew up in church, this was a story that we always told in Sunday school. Um, it's a story that we love. Like we love the story um, of Zacchaeus. And there's so many parts that we can kind of meditate on from today's story. Um, But when I was reading the story this time, the question I kept asking myself is, why is the case? Like, why is the case? Like, there's a million people. Like, Jesus was surrounded by a million people. Why is the case? Why did the Lord choose to, like, single him out specifically? Why go to his house? Why, like, invest in Zacchaeus so much? And the more I dug in... I felt like I wasn't, maybe I wasn't asking necessarily the right question. I don't think it's necessarily about Zacchaeus. Like Zacchaeus didn't do like some heroic feat today. Okay, like with all due respect to Zacchaeus, and like, you know, don't hate me Zacchaeus, okay? Like with all due respect to Zacchaeus, if you were going to, like Zacchaeus climbed a tree, okay? That's like the good that he did today. He climbed a tree. A grown man climbing a tree, embarrassing himself, would say, okay, like, I get it. Like that's a nice thing to do. But like he climbed the tree is like this much good that he did today. How much bad was in Zacchaeus' life up to this moment? A lot of bad. Like climbing the tree is nice. It doesn't make up for like stealing money from people, from being like a tax collector, betraying your community. Like betraying community and stealing from people, climbing a tree. Not, not exactly the same thing. So I think the answer that I was left with was it, it's not really Zacchaeus. When we read stories like Zacchaeus, or the Samaritan woman, or the calling of St. Matthew, it's not about necessarily just that individual. The answer to why Zacchaeus is not really just about Zacchaeus. It's because God is faithful. Because God is faithful. And you're probably wondering, what does faithfulness have to do with it? Like, what does faithfulness have to do with the story of Zacchaeus? When I hear the word faithful, maybe when you hear the word faithful, I autom- my mind automatically goes to, I must be faithful to God, right? Like, that's my job. My job is to try my best to be faithful to the words of God, to the commands of God. But scripture actually talks a lot about how God is faithful, which if we weren't familiar with that phrase, it almost sounds counterintuitive. Like, we're called to be faithful. But why is God faithful? God is faithful by staying true to his promises by never changing, by being exactly who he is at all times. And again, that sounds great, but what does this have to do with Zacchaeus specifically? What does God's faithfulness have to do with Zacchaeus? There's a statement that Jesus said at the end of today's gospel. The statement, and that's the statement that really stuck with me. He said, today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. The son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So now Jesus is confusing us. What does Zacchaeus, and maybe I'm confusing you, Zacchaeus, God's faithfulness, and Abraham, what in the world are we talking about today? 
to God. Everyone will eventually be found. Everyone will be given a chance. Everyone will be given a chance to accept him into his life. Why? Because the individual is so great? Because Zacchaeus did some heroic feat today? No. Because God is faithful. And God's promises in Scripture, or that, and to Abraham, like that's what he promised, is that he would save his people, that he would always go after his people. If there was ever a time to doubt this, if you read like the, the, I'm going kind of like the, through the Bible now in like a timeline fashion, okay, so I'm going through it like in different timelines. Um, and if you're ever to doubt God's faithfulness in the story of scripture, the part to me that's highlighted like clearly is when the people of God are in exile, okay? Like when the people of God are in exile, to me, it seems like all hope is lost. Like when you're reading it, not knowing the end of the story, but when you're reading it, it seems like all hope is lost. Because when the people of God are in exile, it's basically not only have you been defeated by other people, like you were the people of God, the chosen people, the people like the children of God, not only are you defeated, but you're dragged out of your, your home and you're taken to a foreign home. Okay, you're taken to a foreign place that's not your home. And you're taken to that foreign place. And a lot of them actually were adopting things in that foreign place. So not only physically were they in exile, spiritually they were in exile. So God's faithfulness in that moment doesn't seem to exist. And if you know anything kind of about the history, it's we have like the, we'll just kind of go, Old, Old Testament is great, by the way. Okay, so Old Testament is great. Old Testament, we have two, like there's a, once the kingdom divided, the kingdom of Israel divided, you had two kingdoms, right? You had Judah and Israel, okay? Judah was really like Judah and Benjamin, okay? So two of the 12 tribes. And then the 10 tribes in the north. The two tribes in the south, those are the ones that go to Babylon, and they eventually come back with Ezra, a great name, okay, that's my son's name, okay? So Ezra, they come back with Ezra and Nehemiah, and they rebuild. There's a spiritual revival, and things are great. But then the, the tribes in the north, for the most part, they actually don't make it back. Like, those ten tribes are, like, for the most part, they're lost. And again, I imagine the people of God looking around saying, God, where's your faithfulness? And you know, those, like, that, that's why the, the ten tribes, that's where, like, Samaria was, and that's where the Samaritans came about. And they believed, like, a lot of, they worshipped God, but they also worshipped a lot of different gods. So God's faithfulness doesn't seem to be there. Zacchaeus, in a way, represents all those people that are in exile. All the people that are far away from God. All the people that, not just physically they're far away from God, okay, but like just spiritually they're so far away from God. And by their own doing. Like the exile like didn't happen by accident. It was like by their own doing. The reason... That we go Old Testament, New Testament, and the reason that Jesus himself references Abraham is to show us that God is consistently faithful. God is consistently faithful. No matter like what it seems like on the surface, God is consistently faithful. God doesn't change his mind. He's not like us. What brought this theme to mind recently um, is I've been reading the, the book of Micah. The book of Micah is a short book, um, seven chapters long. Um, and the entire theme of the book essentially is People of God are faithless, God is faithful. People of God are faithless, God is faithful. And he starts off the book in kind of like a bang. Of He's talking to the people, and he's a prophet, so he's telling people what's going on. He's saying, judgment has come, and rightfully so. We're going to be in exile, and it's our fault. Like, that's pretty much how he starts the book. And you're like, refreshing words of encouragement for the day. Okay, so like that, that's how he starts off the book. But within that, we get messages of hope. Within his book, we get messages of hope. So I kind of just wanted to highlight some of the messages because, I, again, the exile of Zacchaeus, I think, is we can relate a lot to how, like, we can understand a lot from looking at the exile of the people at large. 
Within that message of hope, he tells them that there's going to be a shepherd and a ruler that's going to come from Bethlehem. That's like the, one of the major prophecies in Micah. And he's going to come, he's going to be born in Bethlehem, and that's obviously Jesus. And on top of that, there is, uh, at the very end of the book, at the very end of the book, chapter 7. Go home, read Micah chapter 7. Micah chapter 7 is one of the most beautiful chapters in all of Scripture. Micah chapter 7, like one of the best, best chapters in all of Scripture. He starts off by saying, again, bang, okay, woe is us, we're miserable, look what we did, this is where we're at, this is what we've chosen. We wanted to serve other gods, okay, well now you have full opportunity to serve other gods, you're in exile, you're basically slaves to other nations. But then he concludes, and he says this, he says, but as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord, I wait for God my Savior, my God will hear me. He almost makes it sound like he's a victim, and I'm like, Michael. Like, the people of God, they asked for this. Like, God didn't do anything. Like, God didn't do anything. He, he's not, like, being mean. God isn't, like, like he's just angry. Like, the people of God, they wanted this. But he's, he sounds like a victim. And then he continues, and I might have quoted this verse to you before. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. And you want to ask, Mike, Michael, why are you so hopeful? Like, your people are in exile, your people chose this. Why are you so hopeful? Like, what has gotten into you? Like, I'm with you on the woe is us misery. That makes sense. You're in exile, woe is us misery. Why are you so hopeful? Zacchaeus, why are you climbing a tree? Like, what are you doing? Like, you chose this. Like, you betrayed your people. You chose the tax collector route. You thought that that was the way to go. What are you doing? Zacchaeus and Micah both know the same thing. That God... Is faithful, despite how faithless people are, how faithful, how faithless we can be. God is always faithful, consistently faithful. Micah concludes, and he says the following. But you didn't get, you didn't probably think you were gonna get this much Old Testament today. But you're welcome. Okay, go home, read Micah chapter seven. He concludes and he says this: Who is a God like you, who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but you delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. And here's the part. You will be faithful to Jacob and show love to Abraham as you pledged an oath to our ancestors in days long ago. So what is he talking about when he's talking about Abraham and Zacchaeus? What is he saying? He's saying, I'm faithful. I stay true to my promise. I don't change. You might change. I don't change. Micah and Zacchaeus, why they have hope even though they're in exile, even though they're far away from God, is because they knew God is faithful. Said it in another way, if you want to kind of summarize it. I might be lost, but I'm never abandoned. I might be lost, but I'm never abandoned. And that applies to everything that we go through life. That applies when I fall into a sin that I know I shouldn't have done, or I've been living in some sort of sinful lifestyle or far away from God, and I feel like spiritual exile. I might be lost, but I'm never abandoned. There's always a way back because God is faithful. That applies when I go through a hard circumstance and God seems not to be present. God seems absent. We've all felt it. Where are you, God? Like, I don't see it. I might be lost, but I'm never abandoned. The reason that there's so much hope in Scripture, the reason that Zacchaeus foolishly climbs up a tree today is because he trusts in God's faithfulness. He knows he's not good. He knows he hasn't done good things. But why 
why go up a tree? Like, you're probably thinking, he's probably thinking to himself, maybe I'll get rejected. But God is faithful. While God doesn't force himself on us, he's relentless to pursue us. Like, God doesn't force himself on us, but he's relentless to pursue us. He's relentless to give us every opportunity to come back to him. Just like Zacchaeus today climbs a tree. And he said, like, basically the climbing up the tree, the action is just saying, Lord, I know I messed up. I know I'm in trouble. I know I need your help. I know I've been faithless. But I know you are faithful. That faithfulness, that love of God that we said, like, endures forever, and he delights to show mercy. That's what I'm so thankful for. When we read the story of salvation, we read today's story. Like, I look at Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus did not deserve an ounce of mercy from God. He didn't deserve an ounce of mercy from God. Like, because of Zacchaeus, probably families went hungry, and they couldn't feed kids. And you would look at them and say, what a mean person. Like, what evil has this person done? And if we were in the place of God, we would judge him so harshly. But God is consistent. God is faithful. God isn't like us. Today, I hope, as we're praying together, and as we're here, like in this beautiful church, that we're reminded of God's faithfulness. And we're reminded that God is consistent, that God doesn't change. That God's mercy does endure forever. That God gives us every opportunity to come back to him. And we remind ourselves of, of his faithfulness for us, but also for every single person around us. That there's no such thing as that person too far away from God. No, no, no. God is faithful. And God is always chasing after us. And glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.